This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. And I stood in the back, I was kind of a wallflower thinking, wow, look at those guys that are getting these awards. And never in a million years would have thought that uh, I would be honored in this way. I'm very humbled to be standing here. That's one of the several segments we are going to feature from some of the best shows on WQA Radio in 2019. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at WQA.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 149. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or most podcast apps. And you can also find a link on the WQA homepage, WQA.org. Now, in this episode, we are going to feature some of the best of 2019 highlights of several of our top podcasts, including WQA's Hall of Fame and Lifetime Achievement Award winners at the convention in Las Vegas, convention keynote speaker Marilyn Sherman, WQA Executive Director Pauli Undusser talking about the revised code of ethics and even more. Plus, we'll have our WQA tip. Now, on to the highlights from 2019, our best of show on WQA Radio. And now we do begin with our highlights from the Leadership Awards given out at convention in Las Vegas. In the following order, Hall of Fame recipients Doug Oberhammer and Doug Herring Lifetime Award winner Vincent Kent and Honorary Member Award recipient, the Honorable Richard Gebhardt, who leads Gebhardt Government Affairs, the WQA lobbyist in Washington. You know, it it was a bit of chance that brought us all together where we were challenged and learned and where our careers and our personal lives were intertwined. How lucky could we be to end up devoting our life's work to water? Thank you for the recognition, memories, milestones, and the great opportunity you gave to me and my family. A satisfying and fulfilling career must include giving back. If ever I did something to earn this award, then I am fulfilled in knowing that I have given back some part of what you all have given to me. Needless to say, I'm very honored to be standing here to be receiving this award. When Chris called me a couple months ago, I thought, that's got to be a mistake. Certainly, this award is not for me. I recall back in 82 when I first got in the industry, I guess it was 83 that I went to my first convention as a dealer. And I stood in the back, I was kind of a wallflower thinking, wow, look at those guys that are getting these awards. And never in a million years would have thought that uh, I would be honored in this way. I'm very humbled to be standing here to add my name to the list of the great people that have preceded me that have done so much to uh, bring the industry and this association to where it is today. So I'm, I'm greatly humbled. 
I have to think back to the people that are at my dealership because we don't get here unless those people are back at our dealerships running our business every day during our absence. They carry on our message, they carry on our brands, and we learn, take things back to them, and they follow through and they make things happen. So I'm greatly humbled by this award, but this award's gonna hang proudly in our office for all of those people that have afforded me the opportunity to get here today. What I've learned from being at these meetings and seeing the wonderful things that you all do is that if we're gonna solve these problems in the United States, much less the rest of the world, there's not enough money in the world to remake the entire infrastructure of municipal water, centralized water in the country. We're just never gonna be able to do that. You have the only solution that is feasible and practical and affordable. And getting that message across to the policymakers in Washington and elsewhere has been a great honor on our part. Thank you for letting us be part of this association. Next up, WQA Executive Director Pauli Undusser joined us to talk about their revised WQA Code of Ethics taking effect January of 2020. So, Pauli, can you elaborate on what's changing and why? The main change is in the Code of Ethics, we are adding a new marketing guideline, which is to add the glossary terms as a requirement. And the reason behind that is WQA wants to protect consumers and the industry by promoting best practice marketing tools. And the overarching part of this is the industry needs to be consistent in what we say to the consumer to avoid confusion. Misleading consumers is one of the biggest things that can hurt the consumer and hurt the industry. And this is a way that we can help and again, take it to a best practice level. And WQA wants to support that in the best way that we can. Right, and I think it's important to point out again, especially kind of going back to that earlier uh, point in the conversation about taking advantage of membership, the, the code of ethics, the WQA code of ethics is a very important part of becoming a member of WQA. Absolutely. The WQA code of ethics is one of the tangible things that consumers look at that means something to them that tangibly they can hold on to and say that's what means something as being a WQA member, that they know WQA members are being held to a higher standard than anyone else that is out there that is a non-member. Um, so it, it means something to them and they know they can come to WQA when a member is not um, being held to that standard and that WQA has a process for then evaluating members against that code of ethics and to take action if members are not being held to that standard and how we enforce that or deal with that. We also heard from Culligan dealer Bob Borner from San Antonio about his unique background in the water treatment industry. 
The water industry has been a very rewarding industry to our family, and my grandfather was the very first Culligan dealer in the in the whole world. <laughs> and so we have really, really, yeah, really. He started in 1938 up in Wheaton, Illinois, helping Emmett J. Culligan get in the franchise system off, launched. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but anyway, so we have roots that go way back when. Then my father, Gib Burner, was a dealer in San Antonio for many years, and I went and started helping him, and so did my sister. We didn't really know if we'd be going into the business, but we have, and I've been doing it 42 years now and stuff, and I've seen a lot of evolution, but it's been a great, uh, it's a great career, and, and it's very challenging. Now we have some younger generation people that are starting to come in and taking somewhat of an interest, and so that's encouraging to us for sure, you know. We featured Shannon Murphy, the president of the Pacific Water Quality Association, and his appreciation for WQRF research. Some of the studies that WQRF is doing near and dear to my heart, which is the point of entry, point of use, or what we call decentralized water treatment, some of the financial benefits for these small communities uh, and what it means to them in terms of getting into compliance right now. If you look at some of these reports out there, from the EPA and the different primacy agencies, there are hundreds if not thousands of small communities across the United States that are not in compliance still today for contaminants like arsenic, like lead, like nitrates. And these things we can address immediately through our industry and provide a solution, whether it be a a permanent solution or a stopgap until they're able to get things going. But these small communities that haven't been in compliance for years, you know, we really need to address those issues and and be a solution for them. Our keynote speaker at the WQA Mid-Year Leadership Conference was Dean Heil, the U.S. Department of Labor's Director of the Office of Public Engagement, and he joined us on WQA Radio. There is a dignity of work in every job, whether it be a college job, one that requires a college education, or whether it requires one in the blue-collar areas and one are in the service industries. I think we need to realize that every job has its own dignity to it. And uh, can you talk about, you mentioned the the training that's going to be necessary, but do you have a a crystal ball that you could uh, unveil for us and, and scan ahead maybe 10 years. What's the workforce going to look like? I, I think it's a workforce that's going to be much more nimble. Um, I, I think people will be moving from job to job, um, trying to find their way through, and I think it will also require a higher degree of technical proficiencies. Um, we're seeing more and more robotics. We're seeing more and more, more automation. I don't necessarily see automation replacing workers, but I also see it of complementing the workforce, and I think individuals will have to be more attuned to computers and also to electronics and also to other technologies. I, I, would, have, I would think that that's going to have to start early in maybe even in the elementary years. I, I think even earlier, possibly. Um, I don't think you can get too early. I, I see the kids, you know, two, three-year-olds playing with iPods, and I think we're, iPads, excuse me, and um, you can see how I'm dating myself. Um, but but I, I do think technology is going to play an even greater role in the workforce. And our final segment, we enjoyed our time that we had to speak with keynote speaker at the WQA convention and exposition, Marilyn Sherman. If you could wrap up with one last question about what uh, you said, and that was you talked about updating your bucket list. I thought that was great because we often think in terms of, well, I've got to update our strategic goal, our strategic plan. I've got to update uh, my grocery list. 
but we don't think about updating our bucket list. Wes, how boring is that? Updating your grocery list. Oh, please. No, your bucket list, man, life is way too short. Life is too short. It's time to like live outrageously and, and just imagine if you had no fear and you had no shame and no guilt and no issues of, of fear or comparison to other people, what could you do with your life? So why not right now? Don't wait. Just update your bucket list. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And uh, before you kick the bucket. And so I encourage everybody to even have like a, a personal bucket list and a travel bucket list and a, and a relationship bucket list. And, and just it gets you excited about knowing that you, you could have so much more in your future. It gives you something to look forward to. So absolutely, I look forward to hearing things that you're going to cross off your bucket list. And there you go. Highlights from our 2019 WQA radio podcasts. We invite you to go back and catch the full interviews or segments and many, many other episodes from 2019. Go to blog.wqa.org to see all of the past episodes. And remember, our podcasts come out weekly. So be sure to subscribe so that you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.